You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Some people take title insurance for granted, and sometimes when people pay cash, they forget to get it at all. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Today, we have the title queen of Texas with us. Rachel Luna brings her vibrant personality and unparalleled pizzazz to the title business. She serves clients in Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, and El Paso. She's an expert in real estate escrow and closing services and has over 20 years experience. And she's here with us on The Real Wealth Show. So Rachel, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honored and it's a privilege to be here to discuss about my industry and what we do. So let's just break it down. What does a real estate investor need to know about title insurance when they're purchasing a rental property? Oh, this is the meat and potatoes, I think. A real estate investor really needs to know about the, what they're purchasing. And obviously, a real estate investor is going to get a property for a great deal, a great deal. Like, I'm getting this property. I want to buy and hold it. They want to make sure that there's nothing that's going to come um, really important for a real estate. But they want to make sure that there's not anything that's going to come from the previous owner's um uh, financial responsibility or liabilities um, that are going to affect them and their property that they own now. So, uh, it, I mean, let's just say it's a property from a heir, from an estate. You know, like the children are selling the property. They want to make sure that the title insurance is doing their job. So there's no one that might have a claim to that property that might affect their ownership and their investment. They're they're buying it to have create long-term wealth. And then of course, there's somebody comes out of the woodwork saying, Hey, I, this, who sold my mom's house without paying me? Okay, great. Who do I call? Like uh, now I, I bought this from this people cash. And there's someone saying that they have a, 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 you know, a claim to this property. Well, guess who you call the title company insurance company. And they're saying, Hey, I have title insurance. Someone says they have a claim to this property. What do I need to do? What did, why did we close on this? And then guess who's responsible for that? That's going to be the title insurance, which is going to protect your investment because their job is to do due diligence to make sure that you're getting a good property, good, clean title with no encumbrances, debts, or liens. And that's the job basically of the title insurance company. So at that point, they do their due diligence. They say title's good. Everything's paid off. This is the debt that's owed by the previous owner. They go in, they pay it all off. They clear up title. And now they invest it into you at closing. And anything that's that could be responsibly financially or obligatory from another person, that title company is now responsible for it from closing forward. So basically they hold the bag, you know, they, they said they did the title company says, okay, it's clear to close. Meaning that now this owner, they have done their due diligence to ensure that your property that you're purchasing is going to be your property without any debts, liens or encumbrances. So now you have this property. So if any claims come up, come, may arise after your ownership, the title company is now saying that they're going to fit the bill and take care of it because they, they closed on it and they insured it and they said that was a good property purchase and you took title on that and you paid your money to the seller, rightfully so. The if anything comes up after that investment and that transaction closed, the title company is now uh, responsible for it, insuring it. Therefore, um, your investment is secure. So what kinds of claims do you see? I mean, do, do they come up very often? 
Oh, quite often. I mean, they really? come, uh, yeah, all the time, you know, it's, you know, it's, it, it, the claims come, I mean, some valid and some not, you know, so um, I, I'm a part of a couple of committees in um, Texas Land Title Association here. And so we've, we've been discussing some of the recent claims that have been coming up here in the state of our state of Texas is um, airship affidavits. Airship affidavits are sworn affidavits by parties that are selling properties and they're um, excluding other heirs. So they're saying, oh, I'm, there's only three of us three siblings to mom and dad, you know, they're on the death certificate. There's only stating one person living, uh, you know, responsible party. And if they're not going to follow, they're not going to probate the final will and testament. We're basically doing our title diligence based on um, the sworn statements of these heirs saying that they're only the three siblings. We, we follow with the court, obviously, and they're, they're signing sworn affidavits and whatnot saying that they are. And then here we are, we have a brother or sister that was the, you know, black sheep of the family that never got, uh, acknowledge in these affidavits and comes out later saying, hey, uh, y'all saw my mom and dad's, who, why didn't I sign? Where, where are my proceeds from mom and dad's property? You sold it. How could you have sold it without me signing? Well, then, hey, your, your brothers and sisters didn't include you in that. How would to, we don't know everyone in the, you know, that's, you know, and the, in any city, in major metropolitan, we don't know every single person who has a deceased mother or father. We don't know every family tree. So we're basing this on the sworn statements of your family members. That is something that's running rapid right now in Texas. Also, um, collections, rollback taxes, um, people not um, specifically specifying um, when they're someone's deceased in ownership and the tax, you know, the tax assessors don't have acknowledgement of a deceased person. So let's say an elderly person's getting all of the exemptions and then the family never notifies the accessor. The accessor doesn't catch wind that the person has passed on. The family members are now receiving the benefits of exemptions of someone who is now deceased that those 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 exemptions no longer are valid. The, tax, the transaction happens, it closes, the tax assessor finds out this was, uh, you know, a sub property of an estate that was sold. They find out the person was deceased. They roll back the taxes five years of all the discounts these people have received that should not have been getting because of the simple fact that uh, they're no, they're not over sixty-five. It's not their homestead, and this was mom and dad's house or brother's house or whoever passed on's house who received these exemptions, and they never notified the accessors, and they're receiving the benefits of the discounts. And then, guess what? They still want to get paid their money they're due. They'll roll it back and say, hey, this is what you should have been paying. You got these discounts erroneously and we have the right to collect back five years. So, and, you know, if you're someone who's just buying it from, you know, without title insurance and then you, you get a bill of for five years of discounted taxes, I mean, that can go, depending on what size of property, what the taxes are, that can go from, you know, $3,000 to, which I've seen before, $25,000 if it's a major property with large tax discounts. Um, and that's something that's unforeseen. You know, if you don't know this business and don't know the the, the rules and regulations of what the accessors can do and they can roll back um, they, and they will come and send you bills and they will start the, uh, you know, accelerating foreclosing or whatnot on your property if they don't get paid those monies, regardless who's the owner now. They just want their monies. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I know it's horrible. And that's just one of many, you know, HOAs, you know, there's, it's, it's just, it can be from very small things to very large things. I mean, but these are some of the more common, you know, uh, common uh, claims that are, that come, that arise on, on a, you know, regular, I won't say all the time, but this is something that is more commonly seen than just 
you know, the title company missing a payoff on a mortgage. I mean, that doesn't happen. But these small little things like this that are, you know, that can fall through the cracks are something that can happen, you know, and have happened. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, with the magnifying glass, looking at every detail of every item on the title. Yes. So are there different levels of insurance that people can get? Like, let's say you're just buying a hundred thousand dollar home. That would be different than if you're buying a, you know, a million dollar home. Maybe. No, it's all the same. You get the <laughs> same. It's the same. It's the same. It's just different binders, but it's all the same. We're insuring, we're insuring the value of the home. So if you're buying a home for a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to get the same insurance. We do the same due diligence. If you're buying a $1.1 million home, we still do the same due diligence and provide the same insurance. Just do you different. ever deny the insurance if you find an issue? Yes, we do. Um, so uh, some of the reasons we would not insure property are gaps in change of t- gaps in chain of title, which is where there's a conveyance uh, chain of, uh, of conveyance and there's a gap. And we consider a gap in chain as where we cannot identify a a transfer to uh, the new owner. So just like any, what we do is we investigate every transfer of an of a property from owner to owner owner to owner. So we can go back to sovereignty. So we've, I've done chain, we've researched chain of title to 1900 here in some of the historical districts. So, um, and those get very difficult, obviously, because those are more like carbon paper, you know, so so back to the 1940s and we go really, really back. So, but basically we, every conveyance has to be conveyed properly. So from owner to owner, owner to owner throughout to the current transaction to date. And that's the one the current purchaser is going to buy. And if there's a gap, we can't identify from Chad to John, but then then we have Tom and, you know, we just see Tom, you know, we don't see Chad in between, but Chad is now the guy selling that word. What happened? How did Chad get title? How did he become the owner? If Tom was the last owner and now Chad seems to be the one selling you the property, how did he get title? So there's a gap. Somebody didn't transfer title. So the last conveyed property, the last conveyance that was, we could go back to tracking to owner to owner is going to be the last uh, place where we need to cure, which was cure title is to find out what happened there. And if we cannot figure it out, then we will not insure it until it gets, uh, there's different legal processes that can be done to fix that. But, um, and the moment of a transaction, which is probably 30 to 45 days, it would not happen at that time frame. <laughs> well, that's, <clears throat> excuse me. That's really interesting because it's like you're helping the buyer do their due diligence, but a lot of times they've maybe dropped all the contingencies and their money has gone hard. And then they find out that there's an issue with the title. So would you recommend that people talk to their title agent right when they go into contract and make it part of the contingencies? And uh, you know what? Um, they won't lose their escrow. They will not lose their earnest money if, if there is a defect in title on the seller's side. Okay. So if there's a defect on the seller's side, because it, it is part of a contract agreement that the seller has to provide good, good, clear title to sell the property if you're going through insurance purposes. And if the insurance company is not able to provide, if the seller cannot perform on their title piece of the transaction, then the money, most contingencies, 99.9% do get returned back to the buyer because you have a ready, willing, enabled buyer and you have a seller that's not able to perform on their title portion of the transaction. Okay. Well, that's good. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> and so, so it's one of those, it's one of those, one of those one small rarities that you, the buyer can get their money back after a, you know, option period and whatnot because of the seller of lack of performance on being able to sell the property. Okay, good. Yeah. That's good news. <laughs> Okay, now I've I seem to recall that there's different policies you can choose when when closing, or is it all the same? It's all the same. It's just different. Uh, it's just different writers, meaning um different uh, uh, addendum. So so if there's if you're getting survey coverage, if you're wanting to get a survey, so any it's just variable. So if a lender, most lenders require a survey to make sure they know what their investment is and they want survey coverage, um, but which is you know common through all lender, common lenders, FHA, VA, commercial, uh, conventional. But if you're a cash buyer, it's not necessarily uh, required for you to have a survey. It's not a requirement. It's a request per, you know, the parties involved in the transaction. So um, a cash buyer doesn't necessarily have to have a survey and get that survey coverage. But um, I always recommend that you do for the simple fact that um, you want to know what you're buying you know, if there's any encroachments or easements of fence lines off from when you're purchasing a property. And that's an additional coverage that's added to your policy. But um, besides a few uh, small um, riders and addims that are more pertinent to the lending side of it, if you're a cash buyer buying a property, one of the only up selections that you could have is just adding survey coverage. Uh, other than that, it's going to be mostly going to be protecting the lender and the lender's policy and the lender's investment into your, into your, um, property by lending you the money. And it's more of the lender's coverage where they add different um, writers. But in, in a nutshell, and as a consumer, the survey coverage is probably the only thing that you really can add on as a request um, for your coverage. Other than that, it's all going to be basically based on our due diligence and the sales price of the home. That's it. It's very oh, cut and dry. Yawn, is anyone asleep yet? <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, it's it's thrilling information, but it really is so important. It, it becomes thrilling if you don't do it, right? Right, right. Yeah, well, it, 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 well you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's such an important, I mean, I can, I cannot tell, I, I tell everyone, please get title insurance. Don't shortchange yourself. If you're investing in a property, protect your investment because you just don't know what's coming. If you're paying cash, um, use title insurance. Don't, you know, I, I know everyone wants to, you know, squeeze a penny here and there, but this is just one, this is just one corner you don't want to, you know, cut on, you know, because, um, your it's your investment, it's your money. You just don't know, you don't know who you're buying a property from. You know, this is maybe your neighbor, but you don't know all your neighbor's affairs and family affairs. And, you know, those are the ones that, the, those are the transactions that are the ones that always commonly come up with issues that uh, we're trying to resolve without title insurance. We try to help the consumer out, but you know, if you had insurance, you would have not had this bag of, you know, issues. If you would have just, you know, got insurance, probably paid a fifteen hundred bucks, and now we're dealing with like a large, you know, now we're paying attorneys' fees and whatnot, try to clear title for you outside of the insurance portion of it, and you're spending fifteen thousand dollars in legal costs when all you needed to pay was fifteen hundred dollars up front to get coverage on you know a hundred thousand dollar purchase. Mm-hmm. So I, I really tell people that you know people always want to cut corners on certain things, but this is just not this is one I recommend you never cut a corner on. Get the insurance. It would be mostly cash purchases, right? Because a lender would require it. Cash purchases, cash purchases. Yes. Lenders will always require it regardless. And and so people say, okay, well, if it's all the same, well, what's the difference between title insurance? What, 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 why would I use your title company, Rachel, rather than that title company? 
Number one, as an investor, it's relationship, the transparency of the transaction, letting you know the true uh, what's going on with the transaction. Number two is fees. You know, the escrow fees change from company to company, and those are the fees that change. You know, the fees are going to be the escrow fees and obviously the legal fees, and those are the fees that do vary from title company to title company. And um and basically, your relationships, the warm and fuzzies, being able to, you know, create a relationship with a title company where, you know, hey, you're an investor, you're buying, buying and holding. Hey, I have a couple of properties I want to buy. Can you do me a favor? Can you pull the deed restrictions for me, Rachel? Because I want to see what I'm able to do with this property. And those type of once you forge those relationships with your title company, those are the type type of. Um, perks and, uh, you know, little um, benefits that come with those relationships, being able to do ancillary research for you for properties that um, you might need for prior to purchasing and deciding what you're going to do with that investment. And a title company relationship can obviously give you those um, uh, resources to help you as you grow as an investor and grow in your real estate portfolio, period. Yes. Oh, very good. How is the title business changing? I mean, is blockchain, I've heard blockchain is going to be a part of it. I mean, what what are we going to see in the future? Well, definitely. Let me tell you why we have, we are an antiquated industry for sure. Um, we're, we're still working on, we're still do truck closings with, you know, wet ink and paper still, and the lenders still want that. Um, but we definitely are doing a lot of things uh, electronically now. Uh, earnest money, you don't have to give a check or cash a check and deliver it to the office anymore. Now there's new, uh, you know, uh, different uh, platforms that have been created to ensure where you can just, um, uh, the platform we use is Zocam here where you can just, you know, uh, take a picture of your earnest money, send it in kind of like electronic payment um, and not sending your earnest money electronically to the title company in a form of a app rather than now we're getting earnest money like app and applications now rather than old school wire deliver cashier's check or deliver uh, a, a, you know, a check, personal check to secure escrow, secure the contract. Now we're doing electronic uh, transfers um, through an app. Uh, we also are doing um, e-notaries e, uh, now. Um, so we're able to uh, obviously transact uh, transactions through electronic um, notaries now, and we're doing it all virtual. So um, we're able to do transactions. That's very beneficial for people that are buying out of state investors that are, you know, uh, purchasing nationwide. They're not just going to fly over to, they're in LA, they're buying in Austin. They're not going to fly to Austin if they're buying three or four properties. You know, they can do it all electronically now. Why not? So that we're doing a lot. I mean, that's something that's happening now that's very unheard of in our industry, you know, doing closings electronically via notary, virtual notary and crypto. That's something I'm on the bandwagon about here. And um, there is a lot of lenders that are accepting cryptocurrency now as a form of uh, they're letting people do crypto exchange in reference to dollars to purchase properties. Now that's something that's now trending. Um, now we're writing new writers and addendums here in, uh, in our state in reference to what, how, how we are accepting those dollars and um, how that's we're protecting ourselves in the insurance piece of it in reference to non-taxable dollars that we're receiving from this currency entities. And so that's something that is coming now. And that's something that we're actually writing uh, binders for to protect the uh, us, the title insurance companies, and also protect the consumer that's receiving the money on their currency exchanges on the value of the properties. So that's coming really fast. Wow. <laughs> and that's exciting. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh. So cryptocurrency, hey, who would have known? <laughs> yeah. It's a, we're going to be looking at a very different world in 10 years. And Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. So, and that's exciting. And when I talk about that to a lot of like the new techie people, like, wow, that's so exciting. And it's all coming from California. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Fantastic. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Hopefully we, you've uh, saved some people from some difficult transactions. We have, we definitely have. And you know what, um, as always, you know, ask questions, get a great partner that does title. If you're doing, uh, ask the questions. If you create a partnership with someone in your, in, that's doing title insurance in your state, in your area, create a, pick one or two and create a, and forge a really great relationship and partnership with them. And they'll take you a long way in this business because they are a valued resource in any real estate investor, purchaser in this business. And that's my uh, golden nugget to all of you guys out there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Right. We'll take it. All, all right. right. Thank you so much. Y'all have amazing. Thank you for having me. And uh, I can't wait to see uh, all of this come out. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. You can find more ways to protect yourself at our website at realwealthshow.com, where you'll get a whole lot of free webinars to show you how to get the right insurance, whether it's uh, homeowner's insurance or title insurance, and how to get the right asset protection, and much, much more. Again, that's at realwealthshow.com. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.